Ah, what's good, y'all? It's the first of September, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Tell I Can Tell Is podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good, first of all, it's good to be back after taking the month of August off. Uh, we got a jam-packed show for, for you uh, today. Going to touch on the Major League Baseball pennant chase. Give you my thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott and what in the world's going on with the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. As well as a preview of the 2019 NFL and college football season. And give you picks for week one as we are less than a week away now from week one of Sunday NFL action. And we are a few days away from the kickoff game between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. So, but first things first, let's get it out the way first. We'll do the baseball pennant chase, and then we'll get to a break, and we'll get on to some other things. Uh, basically, with the baseball pennant chase, there really has not been all that much uh, drama. I mean, the, the 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 while we were away, the Mets really had uh, some occasions where they were where they looked like a hot commodity that they could make a push for a wild card spot and then and then they kind of you know they went up and then they came back down they're now 69 and 66 uh they've won two they they've won two straight but they're 69 and 66 and are currently uh three games and a half back of the chicago Cubs for the second wild card spot spot they've been kind of up and down milwaukee's been kind of inconsistent the phillies have been a complete utter disappointment i don't care about bryce harper hitting a couple of walk-offs home runs here and there he should have been doing that all season when you're getting paid 300 million dollars for about a about a 10-year period it, Two, hitting in the 260s is unacceptable. I'm sorry. When you when you're a National League MVP, I mean I'm sorry. And, and you're facing the same co- exact competition. You you were when you were with the Nationals. You stayed within the National League East, so you're still playing. So you're still playing the uh, the uh, the divisions, doormats and the Marlins. You're still playing the the Mets, and you're still playing the. Um, and you're still playing the uh, the Atlanta Braves. So is who who's got a, who Harper has had beef with anyway. So the Phillies have kind of been up and down. Milwaukee's been inconsistent. The Mets have been on fire. They've recently cooled off, even though they've won two straight. Uh, the Mets bullpen stinks. They never get any run support for Jacob Degrom. The guy goes like. 10 and 9, you know, he he has about a 500 record every year because for whatever the reason, when he goes on out on the mound, his position player teammates out throw in the towel and 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 don't try and don't try to win ball games and and he gets no run support. The Nationals have the Nationals have or have won 9 out of the last 10 games on a four-game win streak. They now have a four and a half game lead advantage as the number 1 wild card team in the National League. Their bullpen stinks, but their starting pitching has been phenomenal, despite the fact that Max Serger has only pitched about maybe one or two games since uh, since the uh, since the All Star break. They've done a phenomenal job. Uh, Atlanta, they've been they've been good. Uh, got a little uh, got you know have a little question marks in there, but Atlanta's been good. St. Louis has picked it up. They have won nine of their last ten. They're on a three game hot streak. They are seventy six and fifty nine and are in first place in the in the National League Central. 
by three games over the Chicago Cubs, who who they, like the Red Sox, have been kind of up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down because they play in such a weak division where for the longest time, about 10 games or less separated the first and last place team in that division back in early July that the Cubs are still right in the thick of things, and they're 10 games above 573 and 63. They've lost two straight. They've split five and five of the last 10, and they're three and a half out of uh, first place. And they don't. And another thing, the Cubs don't win. Don't run. Don't win away from Wrigley Field. At home, the Cubs are 45 and 24, like the like the Cardinals who are 43 and 24. They've played one. They've played in a one one extra home game, but the Cubs have played phenomenal at Wrigley Field. They're 45 and 24, and then when they leave Wrigley Field, they can't win a game. They're 28 and 39, while the St. Louis who's ahead of them, they're 33 and 35, still under 500, but 33 and 35 is better than 28 and 39. So you got to take that into the equation. With the West. With the West, you got the Dodgers who are in first place. They're going to easily cruise to another National League West uh, title. But for the Dodgers, it's not about winning the West. It's not about winning ALDS. And at this point, it's not even about winning the National League pennant. Their season is a failure if they don't hoist the, the commissioner's trophy come late October. Their season is a failure if they are not crowned World Series champions. Okay, I don't care that they beat the Rocky that they can beat up on the Rockies, Pirates, and Mets, and 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 the Red Sox. Nobody cares. Okay, they are eighty nine. They're eighty nine fifty six forty one percentage, but they're four and eight in their last ten games. They gotta. They don't play as well on the road as they do at home. They're 52-18 and 18 at home while they're 37-32 on the road. So the Dodgers got to pick it up on the road. And oh, by the way, their bullpen stinks, especially Jansen on the back end of their bullpen. Jansen has been a complete mess, a complete mess, a complete utter disaster since the season started. And this is why if uh, when, the, when the Dodgers get into a little hitch, which they will, when the Dodgers get into a little hitch against whether it be St. Louis, the Cubs, the, the Nationals, or the uh, Braves in the postseason, or or the Yankees or the Astros, if they get to the World Series, this you're going you're going to hear the uh, the Do- you're going to hear some some strife from the Dodger fans, and and the uh, and the and the people like me who do who do, who do this for a living on on a on a uh, national level, they're going to in in the LA market. You're going to hear them morning going to complain because the Dodgers had a chance to trade for Felipe. I think it was like Felipe Vasquez, the uh, young phenom closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They had a chance to trade for him, and they basically wouldn't. You know, I mean, they asked for a king's ransom for him. But when you're the Dodgers and you've lost back to back World Series, and you got generational talents and Kershaw's not getting any younger and you got guys like Muncie and Bellinger on your team and Corey Seager and Justin Turner and you're trying to win a World Series that time is ticking on that World Series door and before you know it before you blink if you don't act and strike while the iron is hot that door could could slam right shut in your face if you're not careful so I mean that bullpen with Kelly Jansen is a di- now they'll have to because he's well respected and well liked in the clubhouse. 
But when you're trying to win a championship after you've lost the previous two in back-to-back years, it's not, it's not a put the, put the feelings out the window, okay? Your season is a failure if you are not hoisting up the commissioner's trophy with confetti falling down with Kevin Burkhardt of Fox Sports doing the, uh, doing the interview with uh, Rod Manfred on the stand. If that is not happening to you guys come late, come the last week of October at the latest, your season is a failure. Like it or not, your season is a failure. Go to the American League. Go to the American League. Start from the West and work your way up to the East. Houston, who who's done who's done a great job all year. Traded traded for Granky. Granky still has to prove himself as a great postseason pitcher. We'll you know we'll we'll see what that holds down the road. There they've won eight of their last ten. They like the Dodgers play excellent at home. 51 and 17, and they're kind of mediocre on the road. The Astros are 38 and 32 on the road. They're 89 and 49 with a 10 game advantage over the Oakland A's, who are trying to make a wild card push in the American League. The Astros are on first base. Justin Verlander threw his third no hitter t- in his career today on September the 1st, second against the Toronto Blue Jays. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Do I like him per se? No. Is he is he the most likable, the most embraceable person on that team or Major League Baseball? No. But is he an all time is he an all time great, a future Hall of Famer? Yes, he is. So we give him his props and we give the Astros props where our credit is due. We go to the Oakland A's, who, like I said, ten games back of Houston, that division's out the door, but they've won two straight. They play pretty well at home. They're forty three and twenty six. Again, mediocre on the road, thirty five and thirty two. But they're seventy eight and fifty eight, twenty games over five hundred. And with that, and they base and they base and if go to the, and they are a half game out behind Cleveland, the second wild card spot. Who and Cleveland has hit a bump in the road as of late. They've lost three straight. We'll get to them in a minute. But Oakland, they're trying to make a wild card push as well, like they did last year. Now, I mean, Oakland. I mean, this is a team that 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 you know get gets more with less than anybody in the sport. Have a cheap payroll. They somehow win win ninety something and nobody cares. Okay, the here's all you need to know about the Oakland A's when they when they. They a they don't a they don't win postseason series especially when they're up they more they blow more postseason leads than anybody in the sport and and they and they had two days to prepare themselves and were chomping at the bit to beat to uh, get to the New York Yankees at on uh, at a new Yank not a new Yankee Stadium but at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx were chomping at the bit and were overwhelmed at the experience of playing October postseason baseball in Yankee Stadium going up against the Yankees. So Oakland is kind of fool's gold right now. I really like to keep them out of postseason because they don't create ratings, number one. And number two, the team is fool's gold every single time they go into the playoffs. That's uh, that's that's with the Oakland A's. You go to the Central. We got the uh, we got the Twins. We're up five and a half games over the uh, over the uh, Indians, who've lost three straight. They've kind of hit a little bit of a wall, but we have Minnesota and Cleveland, who are who still are trying to fight each other to the death of who's going to get that uh, who's going to get that division. And Cleveland now holds the second wild card spot, but only by half game because they can't get out of their own way, and they and they've and they've lost three straight. Go to the East, you go to the East. You have you do Yankees, 
Rays and Red Sox leave the Orioles for another day. I it's September the first, and football is less than a week. I could care less of what what the Baltimore Orioles do right now. Okay, I'll talk to you. Orioles, check back with me on uh, August 24th or something like that. I could care less what you do right now, especially in the month of September. And we got football and we got baseball with teams that actually care and put a decent effort on the field. But that's not the end of that. Go to the East. You got Yankees, Red Sox, Boston. Boston has been up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. A, ro- a, a fool's gold roller coaster. You, when you think they're about to take off and about to get on a high streak, they get set back. Chris Sale's been the entire entire rotation has been awful all year. Mookie Betts hasn't had a great season. My Mookie Betts standards hitting in the 280s, which for Mookie Betts is a down year for him. You know, nobody's not going to say anything because they won a World Series last year and they got two and they've won more World Series than the Yankees have uh, in, in this or in this early millennium. So you're not going to say they're sent there. Nine games above five hundred, so you're not going to say you're not going to see anything if you're or nor you shouldn't if you're a Red Sox fan. But I don't think they're making the postseason either. Red Sox are five games out of uh, not impossible, but they're five games out of second wild card spot. But you also got to keep in mind Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa, and Minnesota because Minnesota could easily be a wild card team if Cleveland takes the takes the division from. So you got to take that into account. Rays have done a good job. 80 and 58. They won 90 games last year. They went 90 and 72. They've won four straight. They've won six out of the last ten games. They unlike the other unlike the uh they unlike the Astro unlike the Astros and unlike uh well yeah, really unlike the Astros, they who unlike the Astros, you know the Astros are a much better team than the Rays are, but the Rays know how to play well away from Tropicana Field. I mean, I don't know whether they like playing in a nice ballpark that isn't a complete dump where where the crowd is more than eight thousand a night or what. But the Rays are forty three and twenty seven away from Tropicana Field. They've done a great job. Their starting pitch, their starting pitching has been superb. Their their quirky lineup has gotten a job for them. The 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 division is out of the question. Ten games out. But they have a half game lead over the over the Indians for the first wild card spot if they were to play in the wild card game. New York New York Yankees, whose pit who's starting pitching, which wasn't addressed at the deadline, and Brian Cashman caught hell from people that do what I do on a national level and Yankee fans everywhere for not make for not making a move to improve their starting rotation. Rightfully so, because then if you go back to if you fast forward to next month and the Yankees end up losing the World Series or an early exit in the playoffs be because they're starting pitching. You can see why they're starting pitching. You know, not that great, but the savages that they have in that lineup, as as Aaron Boone calls them, one through nine, they've done a phenomenal job all season, and that's why they're the first team in Major League Baseball to reach ninety wins at ninety and forty eight. They've won two straight. They've won seven of the last ten. They are fifty one and twenty one at home and thirty nine and twenty seven on the road. And that's pretty much where you stand as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. The drama points really are between the who wins the AL Central and the two wild card spots in the American League. You got Tampa, Cleveland, Oakland, Boston still in the mix, and Minnesota if Cleveland were to take the division from them. In the National in the National League 
is really kind of set in stone. Philly, they're not making the playoffs. Milwaukee, they're not. I mean, they all, they all have a shot three less than four games out. But I mean, even Arizona, who's seventy and sixty-seven, and th- but once we once the month of September moves along, the 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 fakers and the frauds will will begin to fall out of the picture, and we'll get to see what teams are for real and which teams are a bunch of phonies. So, we got the baseball out the way. We'll talk all NFL with you right after this. Welcome back to Amatelica TIA's podcast. Switching gears now to the National Football League. Two items of business I want to get out the way. Then I'll talk season predictions and picks and all that sort of stuff. Uh, first off, it looks like that it, that the Cowboys will finally break and pay Ezekiel Elliott uh the money that he request requested uh no exact details but said the fact that Zeke's holdout sh- should or and could end as soon as this week two teams are are uh, putting their pride away and and biting the bullet and coming to an agreement for uh the pro bowl running back i said i said back in july i said wouldn't pay Zeke a nickel. He hasn't proved it with his. He he's earned it as far as his production on the field is concerned, but as far as his behavior and lack and lack thereof of good judgment and good behavior, I wouldn't give him a nickel. But the Cowboys basically need him by week one, or else their season is a dud. I could care less. And don't let anybody tell you who thinks Dak Prescott is the second coming of Roger Staubach convince you otherwise. If Zeke is not on that field, the Cowboys don't win because that entire offense is built around him, like it or not. Which is one of the reasons why Des Bryant was so angry and he kind of ran himself out of town because he, because he worked more in the Tony Romo system of uh, offense when he was quarterback of the Cowboys and he really didn't gel and fit with the Dak and Zeke run first offense that the Cowboys have. So it looks like Zeke will get his extension sooner rather than later prior to week one. And second, what is going on with the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins? I mean, gee whiz, the Texans, basically, they don't have a GM. Here it is, September the 1st, and they don't have a GM. Cut The rosters were cut uh, down to 53 yesterday, and G, head coach slash GM Bill O'Brien, I mean, he traded Jadavion Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks for practically a bag of chi- for practically a bag of chips and a pair of Oreo tickets. I mean, G- traded the Seahawks for a third round pick and linebackers and Bark Barkdavious Mink Mingo and linebacker Jacob Collins. I mean, sold them away for nothing. And Jadavion Clowney is a pre- is a pretty good football player, and he basically. Gave him away to the Seahawks for free. I mean, what in the world is going on with the Houston Texans, man? That team is going to be a complete, utter laughingstock. And if they're not careful, they could waste Andrew Luck the same way the Colts, the way that, or excuse me, they could waste Deshaun Watson the same way the Colts uh, 
wasted Andrew Luck, and I'll get to Andrew Luck uh, in a minute. Secondly, Miami Dolphins. I mean, and their head coach, Brian Flores, can say all he wants to the media. He can say it till, we're, till he's blue in the face. We're not tanking, we're not tanking, we're not tanking. Well, when you basically trade away your roster to acquire a 2020 and 2021 first round pick and a 2020 20, and a 2021 second round pick and you and you traded your offensive tackle and you, you traded your offensive tackle and your wide receiver Kenny Stills you can't sit up here and talk about how you're not tanking when you're basically when you're practically trading away players for draft picks not 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 players to replace them but you're literally trading players for draft picks you, you, you know, players for draft picks. Not not players for players, but players for draft picks and first and first and second round draft picks for for the for the upcoming draft and then a draft after that. So I don't want to hear Brian Force on we're not taking well. The moves your front office has made says otherwise. Now Grant, I think Kenny Stills has kind of ran himself out of town enough what he said about Kaepernick and Jay Z and the NFL and Stephen Ross being a Trump guy and everything else. I think he was kind of out the door on his own. But, I mean, I don't want to hear we weren't tanking. Yet, you basically traded away your 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 best offensive, your second best offensive player on the team and a tackle for and made a few other moves for a bunch of draft picks in the, in the, in the future NFL drafts. So I don't want to hear about that. Third thing that I get to the break and I give you my NFL season predictions is the Andrew Luck retiring scenario that happened that happened uh, last Saturday. Listen, I'm not going to get on and now I will get on Andrew Luck, but it won't be about. Listen, Godspeed, God bless to Andrew Luck. Do whatever you life is more there are other things in life more important and greater than football. I get that and I get all that. And it took great courage and great maturity as a man to step back and say this, to basically step back and say this game I don't love the game the way I used to and to go through all and to go through all this constant physical agonizing demanding pain. And then and then have to keep your brain sharp with studying film and keeping up with the playbook and things like that, and going through the beating that he's gone through over his short career, I res I respect that I respect Andrew Luck as a man and as an athlete of him stepping back and saying you know what it's not worth it anymore, you know why not why not walk away because because his health and his greater and him having a great quality of life. Is more important than him entertaining me or you or anybody else on Sunday afternoons. So we'll give Andrew Luck his props with that. And I will give Andrew Luck his props with that. What I will find an issue with is the if is the fact that it's the timing of his retirement, which which in all honesty he could have planned it out better. If he could have if he if he if I wouldn't have had a problem with it if he if he retired if he retired in the beginning of August. I wouldn't have retired. I wouldn't have a problem if he would have retired August seventeenth. I would have had a problem if he retired August tenth. I wouldn't have a problem if he retired August third, July twenty seventh, 
July the 6th. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Middle of March, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But the fact that he retired a week and a half, two weeks before the before the start of the new season and the, heading down the stretch of the preseason for the Colts, I got to be honest. It's in a way in... Now, granted, he's allowed to be because, again, the Colts never appreciated him. Ursay and the dopey GM that they had never found it a priority to give Andrew Luck the protection that he deserves. Franchise quarterback, you got to protect them. And I basically put human turnstiles as an offensive line. I get all that. But it's a little selfish on Andrew Luck's part to sit up here and say, well, two weeks before the season starts, well, that's it. I'm I'm gone. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm walking. I'm walking away from the game. I I I get. I know people don't necessarily want to hear that, but you you got you got you got to be honest. It's a little bit unfair. Now again, now again, should Andrew Luck care about the franchise when the franchise didn't care about him? No, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a little unfair to the to the to his teammate. Not necessarily the franchise, but his teammates and his coach. Who he like, who he likes, and has respect and love for. It's a little bit unfair and selfish to them, because because here they are, you know, came back from one and five, one and four, wherever it was. They come back, they make the playoffs, make it all the way to the divisional round. Andrew looks healthy. This franchise is chomping at the bit, heading into another season. If everything breaks right, they could be a Super Bowl contender. Who knows? And in two weeks before the season starts, we hear, you know, from Andrew Luck that he's walking away from the game, and you basically are stuck with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. I mean, I and that and that's and that's where you can't necessarily uh, get on get on the fans to such an extent for booing. We'll say what. Well, I mean, if you, well, I mean, you're a fan. Well, you know, this is your entertainment. We're talking about a guy's livelihood. You got to, I get all that. But as a fan, a fan who buys the merchandise, pays the TV bills so they can watch them on TV, pays the PSLs and, 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 and the season tickets and the parking passes and everything else, that would bother me if two weeks before the regular season opened up, and my franchise quarterback decide, decided out of the clear boost, well not out of the clear boost guy, but decided what blindsided me and my and me and my other fellow fans and said, you know what, I'm not playing in 2019 or ever again. That, uh, as as a paying customer and as a fan to the franchise, who had to tank in order to draft him. When the year when uh, Peyton Manning had the bad neck, who had to tank in order to draft them and had to endure quite a few frustrating losing seasons because he was hurt, that and now he's finally back and we got a little bit of momentum going. To be honest, as a fan, that would bother me, and my immediate reaction would be to boo. I gotta be honest. Now, maybe now, do some Colts fans probably regret booing him now if you know if they were to. No, they wouldn't. But, but you got, but but you got to be honest. It from a from a fan perspective, it is it, it's it's a little, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's hard. It's it's a tough pill to swallow. It's a little tough to take, and that's why you can't get on the fans too much for for uh, booing because their immediate reaction 
was was disappointment and and being pissed off. I mean, I mean, I mean, fa- fa- fans are going to be fans, and people are people are going to sometimes are going to have a knee jerk reaction. It may not be politically cor- politically correct. It may not be what you want it to be, but knee jerk reaction was the move because, quite frankly, franchise quarterback, you got your your expectations going to be higher than what they were last year, just coming off of a, a playoff run. You're in two weeks before the season starts. We can have two weeks before the season starts. You you would be pissed at that at that the fact that your franchise quarterback suddenly decided to walk away from the game. You would be too. You might you might not admit it. You may keep, find a way to keep it to yourself, but but you would you would be pissed. You would be. And that's the kind of human element that people are forgetting out of all this. That it's not like that the fans had a couple days to sit on this. Andrew Luck comes out and then they boom. They they heard it from they didn't and another thing they didn't hear from the f- word of the franchise, they're all checking their Twitter the Twitter and Instagram feeds their emails and their text messages getting notifications on their phones, you know Adam Schefter ESPN confirming yeah Angel Luck's gonna step down and retire, so they had to hear from a third party source that their franchise quarterback is reti- is retiring two for the season starts. To, that would piss me off too. I got to be honest. Take a break. 2019 NFL season predictions. I predict all of the divisions, who's going to the playoffs and who's not, who I think the defensive and offensive player of the years are, and MVP, and I also pick who I think is going to and going to win Super Bowl 54. Be right right back. After the break. Welcome back to Amatelic Italia's podcast. Get a little bit of Sam Spence going because it is time for the 2019 NFL season predictions. Didn't do this when I started up this dopey little podcast that you guys kind of got a kick out of about almost a year from now. Imagine that. I We didn't do it because uh, I just jumped right into week one and off we went. But let's start with the AFC East. Yeah, keep the music going. Uh, start with the AFC East and the New England Patriots. That's the team that I picked that's going to win the AFC East. This team went 11-5 and won the Super Bowl last year. Back-to-back Super Bowl years for the Patriots. Super Bowl 52 and Super Bowl 53. They're trying to see if they can make it to three straight Super Bowls. Uh, this is a team that has, you know, Chris Hogan, who is, uh, who's gone. No Danny Amendola. Julian Edelman has kind of been in and out the picture. And no Gronk, he retired. It's going to be interesting to see how how Belichick and company and Flores was, you know, departed from Miami to coach them. Be interesting to see how Belichick and the Patriots handle no Gronk because it's really been a while since we've seen Tom Brady without his right hand man and Gronk. They've been able to win before without Gronk because he's been because his career has been kind of 
derailed by injury, which is one reason why he had to retire so early. But it'll be interesting to see if the Patriots can uh, pull it off with no Gronk and no Chris Hogan and see if they can make it to a third straight Super Bowl. But I do pick the Patriots to win the AFC East with a record of, say, 12-4. and four. Do 12-4 and four for the Patriots. Uh, second, I picked the one that the, I go second place. I do the Jets. They finished 4-12 and 12 last year. Sam Donald's second year, and it certainly will help to have Le'Veon Bell uh, in the backfield. Now, Adam Gase is no Bill Parcells. I get that. But uh, he, he, I tell you, now, he will he be a little rusty? That's yet to be determined. But I think the Jets will do uh, pretty decently. I see the Jets as a 7-9 type of team, which for a second-year quarterback with a new running back, if I was a Jets fan, I'd be pretty satisfied for, for a competitive 7-9 out of uh, the uh, green, white, and black crew that plays in MetLife. Third place, I will go Buffalo Bills. They had one of the best passing defenses last year. They allowed 15.4 fewer yards per game. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. So the defense will be there. Josh Allen, I would imagine he wouldn't try to make some progress. Plus, the Bills got to get better at some point in time. Uh Throughout, you know, some point in time in their uh, in their little stretch, they have a franchise. They, you know, some teams they gotta eventually start making headway, and I think that the Buffalo Bills will be able to do that. Uh, last place I pick in this division is the Miami Dolphins. Again, traded away uh, their second best player in Kenny Stills for basically their racking of draft picks. They basically know that they won't be much of anything. So you got to pick the Miami Dolphins to go finish last. Miami Dolphins, you do uh, 4-12 and 12 Buffalo Bills. You can have at a deuce, uh, uh, 6-10. and 10. So their same record that they had in 2018. Do the AFC North, we will... This I tell you, with the AFC North, this division is very, very tricky. I've pondered over this the entire offseason. And really, because the, 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 NFL, the NFL regular season is so unpredictable outside the Patriots. Outside of the Patriots, the AFC is, is unpredictable as usual. I mean, who would have thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers would have had a over about a ninety percent chance of missing the playoffs, and then they fall, and then they crash, chop, and burn the way they did last year. Nobody could have predicted that. You know who who would have predicted that the that the Chargers were going to be as good as they were. I mean, who who could have predicted that playing playing in a thirty thousand seat soccer stadium? Nobody could have predicted that. So with the AFC North, you basically could go either direction. But you can't. You could go either direction. You could say Steelers because Juju Smith-Schuster, one of you know who's who's an up and coming wide receiver for the Steelers, he should be good. James Conner, let's hope last year wasn't a fluke. He should be a good replacement for Le'Veon Bell. Speaking of Le'Veon Bell, he as well as Antonio Brown, the two distractions that really was weighing down this team. They're both out the door, so you got the two distractions and the two cancers out. Despite their high-end talent, they're out the door. 
but well, but this will be a testament to see if the problems with the Steelers were really were Bell and Brown, or was it Big Ben and Tomlin? So there's lots of pressure on them to make sure that they weren't the roots of the problem, that they weren't the roots of the problem, and A. B. and and uh, Le'Veon Bell were. But you could say Steelers because they cut out the distractions and they have a pretty decent and they still have a pretty decent team on their hands. They're not going to blow you away. They're not Super Bowl uh, contention, uh, Skip Bayless, but they are a pretty nice ball club that that you would that you shouldn't take lightly. Uh, you look at the Ravens. The Ravens they went ten and six and won their division last year. Uh, they signed Earl. Th- they signed Earl Thomas and Mark Grant Ingram back in March, even though a C- But even but they it had to come with the cost because C.J. Mosley, one of their uh, their key linebacker, he is now a New York Jet now, who they had to uh, let walk. And the Ravens, whose defense is always good, and always will keep themselves in the ball game. That team, oh, their defense alone guarantees them eight, nine wins a season. So you can go to Ravens with that, and then they have such a lethal running game. The thing that scares me about the Ravens is the fact that that they that Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, and Willie Sneed. Okay, he's a nice wide receiver, but. Since really, since the Ravens 2012 won, the Ravens have never had a real core number one wide receiver. And the number one wide receiver is Anquan Bolden. And they really haven't had that since their championship team in 2012. And that is what would scare you about the Ravens is, is their passing game. With the, with the wide receiving core not being not one of the weakest in the division. If you, I mean, you got, they are the weakest in the division. Bengals have... Tyler Boyd and AJ Green if he if he stays healthy. Steelers had Brown and Juju Smith Schuster last year. They got Juju now, so it's kind of depleted, but still better than the Ravens. And then the Browns, of course, have Odell and Javar Sanger. So the Ravens have the worst have the worst receive worst and weakest receiving corp at in the entire division, if you ask me. And with a quarterback who is who is still trying to learn to be somewhat of a pocket passer and not basically have a half 30 carries and throw the ball 10 times a game. It's going to be a struggle when you have only when Willie Sneed is your number one, uh, is your number one target when he had to play second fiddle to guys like, uh, Michael Lewis and, uh, and the, uh, Michael, not Michael Lewis, but a uh, Michael Thomas in uh, New Orleans. So, so that's the thing that will scare you about the Ravens. With the Browns, they honestly have no excuse. They got a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They ju- they they got Odell Beckham Jr. one of the top receivers in all the football, and they got an up and coming receiver in Jarvis Landry, and they have a pretty good defense. And oh by the way, they have Kareem Hunt at running back, who they'll get once he gets off the suspension. Then it scares you about Cleveland is the is the is the unproven head coach. He's never coached, on, he's never been a head coach on any level, so he's unproven. That would scare you, and also the fact that the that the that the Browns are unproven themselves. I mean everybody, I mean everybody was putting the Browns in the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship game and runaway winners is the AFC North. Hold on now, this is the Cleveland Browns we're talking about. I mean, they went seven, eight, and one last year. I mean, they were, you know they were, they were good. I mean, compared to past seasons, but I mean the Browns, you, 
you got to pump the brakes a little bit. If, you know, for all you people who want to write off the Browns as AFC North and AFC Championships, pump the brakes a little bit. Because all it takes is for them to go 1-3 and three or 0-4. And, and, and we'll have a complete circus between Odell and Landry and Bacon Mayfield. And God forbid Kareem Hunt does something stupid and, and keeps him off the field in 2019. And and Freddie Kitchens makes a couple of bonehead asinine coaching decisions. So that was what would scare you about Cleveland. With my team, the Bengals, I don't I honestly don't even know. I the, they didn't put AJ Green on IR because they because Zach Taylor said that he plans on and that the franchise plans on seeing AJ at some point in 2019. When that will be, I don't know. AJ Green goes out first day of practice, of training camp, and and and, re- and wrecks his and wrecks up his uh, his uh, ankle. I think is what it was. He can't stay healthy, and when AJ Green isn't on the field, Bengals don't win. They finished six and ten last year. I would be floored if we finished. At eight and eight, nine and seven. Right now, to be totally honest with you, this is a seven and nine, seven and nine type of team. It would floor me if they go nine and seven. It would floor me if they go ten and six. And don't hold your breath, but it would, but it would floor me if they went eleven and five. Floor me. At the bang, I mean the bang. You, you honestly don't know what the Bengals. And it's and I'm at the point where I know I'm glad Marvin Lewis is out of there. I'm glad Perfect is out of there. But I but if you think that Andy Dalton is winning us anything, you need your head examined because he is not winning us anything under any any circumstances. We go to the AFC South. You do the Colts. Uh, he have the Colts, Texans, Jaguars, and and Titans. Uh, the team that I oh, and I forgot to pick a one from the North. I'm sorry. Uh, the team I think that will probably win the division, the AFC North, would be. You could really go between either either of the three teams. I'll say the Ravens. Why not? They got Earl Thomas. They got Mark Ingram. If Lamar Jackson is competent with throwing the forward pass and if the running game is as strong as it was last year, plus the team and the coach has experience, I can see the Ravens winning the division, but it would not shock me if Cleveland or Pittsburgh won the division instead. 
And I'm, as you know, I'm down on Cleveland because they're, because Baker Mayfield and Odell absolutely, absolutely drive me nuts. And there would be nothing more I'd like to see than Cleveland crash, chop, and burn, and not win the AFC North. So because of that, I'll pick the home, not not my favorite team, but I'll pick my hometown team because I live in Baltimore. They are my hometown team. It's not about whether of being a fan of them, but I'll pick my hometown team in the Baltimore Ravens. Not my favorite team, but my hometown team because I'm a Baltimorean. So I'll pick them to win the AFC North, and we uh, do Ravens first, Cleveland second, Pittsburgh third, Bengals last. We'll do, uh, say, Baltimore. Baltimore go, Baltimore go ten and six. Cleveland go nine and seven. Steelers eight and eight. Bengals seven and nine. Indianapolis Colts. I because I, I got the sheet because they're the first one that comes up from the teams that won it last year. But the Colts, Texans, Jaguars, and Titans in the AFC South. The team I think will win the division is by far the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because when the Colt, basically when Andrew, Andrew Luck retired, the Colts could pretty much kiss any hopes of winning this division goodnight. Unless Jacoby Brissett turns out to be uh, Peyton Manning and comes out of nowhere and galvanizes the squad and leads the Colts to another 10-6-11-5 season. But because the Jaguars have that have that good defense, which should be, which, yeah, which they have that defense, which was fifth in yards allowed. The defense, even though they went 5-11 last year, it was still a strong defense. Jalen Ramsey, you know, if he keeps his mouth shut and if he doesn't arrive to camp in the, in the, in the Brinks trucks and everything else, if he keeps his head on straight, that defense will keep him in plenty of ball games. And when you have Nick Foles as your quarterback, anything can happen. So I'm saying the Jaguars will win this division with a record of 10 and 6. Second place team. Second place team, Tennessee Titans. This is a team that went 9 and 7 and missed the playoffs because they lost that wild that that uh, week 17 game against the Colts. They got Marcus Mariota, who has to get used to yet another offensive coordinator. The the, the you know the the def the defense is all right. They got Derek. They got Derek Henry in the backfield for them. The Titans should be a pretty good football team. I'll go Titans nine and seven, second place. Texans, I'll Texans, I'll do seven and nine in third place, and Colts, I'll do five and eleven in last place. Move on to the AFC West. I'll pick Chiefs to win the West. Chiefs finished twelve and four last year. Got eliminated by the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game back in January. Uh, I see the Chiefs going. Uh, and they picked up LaShawn McCoy, who got cut from the Buffalo Bills uh, a few days ago. So they so and Shady uh, show signs of 2011. They should be a pretty they should be a pretty good team with Patrick Mahomes, that electrifying superstar quarterback he is. They they should the defense would scare you, but when you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, 
the the world is your oyster if you're the Kansas State Chiefs, and I and I'll pick the but their defense has to has to has to. They fired Bob Sutton that after the championship game, but they, that defense has to step up if the Chiefs expect to make any type of championship, uh, any type of championship run. But I'll pick the but I'll pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win the division and to go uh, and to go uh, twelve and to go twelve and four in the AFC West. Second place, I will pick the Los Angeles Chargers. Philip Rivers still going strong, still a still a competent, good quarterback in the NFL. So they they uh, looks like that they might trade Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon, you know. Wanted his money, and Dean Spanos isn't going to give it to him. But if the Chargers come out and play as hard, play as hard and as physical as they did last year, there's no reason why he shouldn't be back in the playoffs. I go Chargers at ten and six in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, third pl- third place. Uh, I'll go Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. They went six and ten last year. They got uh, they picked up uh, Joe Flacco, who's who who you know who had had his moments of greatness in Baltimore, won them a championship. Uh, certainly an upgrade of uh, Paxton Lynch and uh, Brock Osweiler and any other dopey quarterback that John Elway has uh, drafted in the past. That defense plays well, especially in the beginning of the year. They play well, especially the first month of the season. The Broncos, especially at home, the Broncos are nearly unbeatable at home in the first month of the season. September in Denver, the Broncos are they, the Broncos are not an opponent to be taken lightly in the first month, two months of the of the season, regardless who's at quarterback for them. But because they have a conf, a competent quarterback who. Looks like he needed a change of scenery in Flacco. Broncos should be pretty competitive. I'll do Broncos at 8-8 eight and eight and finish in the third place in 2019. Last place in a featured team on Hard Knocks on HBO is the Oakland Raiders. John Gruden is really... he. I mean, we next year is next year, New Year in Vegas... First year in Vegas, last year in Oakland. It's, I mean, AB, they got AB there, but he has been nothing but a complete distraction with the dopey help, helmet not, nonsense. AB, shut up and wear the right helmet, okay? Because you're going to be the same guy who's going to be moaning and groaning 30 years from now, talking about I can't remember where I put my car keys and I can't play with my grandkids and I'm having suicidal thoughts and I'm resting every five minutes because of concussions. Well, the NFL is going to look back and say, A.B., remember 30 years prior when you when you were moaning and groaning and, act, and acting like an immature child because you didn't because you didn't like the fact that the helmet that you wore since you for 10 years since you've been in the league is no longer under NFL regulation and you said being and held out and, and threw a tantrum because you couldn't wear your cute little helmet that you liked. Remember that? So he's and riding in and hot air balloons and everything, and with the and being an idiot not put wearing the proper footwell and a chiropractor therapy whatever the dopey thing is the, with his feet and he's got blisters and frost frostbite and skin dead skin peeling all over his feet. He's been a complete distraction for the Raiders. 
Gruden is scared to stand up to him. Uh, Derek Carr is, is scared to stand up to him. I mean, and John Gruden essentially thinks Derek Carr is Kenny Stabler. So, I mean, and, and Derek Carr, who's just a little bit unfortunate because he was at one point in time one of the best uh, quarterbacks in football till he broke his leg. And this was back when the Raiders were serious Super Bowl contenders. And really, ever since Derek Carr broke his leg, their team has not been the same since. Kind of unfortunate because I would have liked to see the Raiders win one more championship before they leave Oakland. But it looks like it's not going to happen. I have them going going to fourth place with a record of 6-10. and ten. And, and go to the NFC side of things. We will do... So I'll take it. So I will guess that Zeke will be back by week one, like I told you earlier in the show. Looks looks like most likely Zeke will be a go for week one. So we'll take that into account and let's say hypothetically that Zeke will be on the field for week one. So we'll take that into account. So I, what I'll have, I'll do, uh, let's see. We'll do Eagles win the division. Not by, not by, I think the Eagles will go 10 and 6. Carson Wentz's health is a, is, is an important factor. They traded for Jordan Howard, who was a good running back with the Bears, rushed for 935 yards with the Bears. They brought back their old guy into Sean Jackson, get him out of, uh, Tampa with dealing with famous Jameis and his, and his, and his incidents. So, but the key is that Carson Wentz has to stay healthy. And if Carson Wentz stays healthy, this should be a pretty good football team. And I have the Eagles going 10-6 and winning the NFC East. Team I have in second place, and this is with, and this is me taking into account with, with the Cowboys, with Zeke there for week one. I do the Cowboys go uh, at second place in the in the NFC East. If Zeke stays on the field, stays out of trouble, and they have uh, and they and they uh, and with Amari Cooper and Dak and with a pretty decent defense that they had from last year, this team should be right there. I think the Cowboys will go nine and seven in the NFC East. Team and I go in third place that I, that I'll give them a nine and seven record as Washington was the Washington, excuse me, is the Washington Redskins. I would expect, and the and the Redskins would be idiots that as soon as Case Keenum starts slipping or whatever, you put in Dwayne Haskins. You don't fought around with the season. This is the team that was sitting at like five and two, five and three, whatever it was. And because of Alex Smith unfortunately breaking his leg, it it kissed the baby on uh, the Redskins playoff hopes for 2018. So go to Redskins at uh, in third place. I said nine and seven, eight and eight for the Redskins. Brennan will be mad at me, but I gotta be honest. Do eight and eight for the Washington Redskins and fourth place do the Giants. Eli Manning's old. Daniel Jones, everyone is now going crazy about Daniel Jones. It's preseason. Let's calm down a bit. Again, came from Duke, named me one Hall of Fame worthy or borderline Hall of Fame quarterback that went to Duke or came out or came out of Duke in that football program. 
I rest my case. Uh, go to the NFC North. Let's see. I'll pick the Chicago Bears to win the North. Uh, they went 12-4. and four. They went 12-4 and four last year. Cleo Mack wreaked, excuse me, wrecked havoc across the National Football League. Uh, that defense will keep them in ball games. Uh, that's Tyreek uh, Cohen. He Tyreek Cohen. He he has now pl playing a more a bigger role in the running game. He sh he should be uh, leading the uh, deep the uh, the rushing attack for the Bears. So they do well. Mr. Trubisky, who threw for over three thousand yards and twenty four touchdown passes. Your best fan, you gotta hope that he that he can go nowhere but up and not go backwards in his playing ability. So I have the Bears winning the winning the division at at eleven and five. Second place I have is Green Bay Packers, who they will play on Thursday night. I have the Green Bay Packers going ten and going uh, ten and six. Simply because of the fact that I don't trust their defense. Uh, their defense has been a has been a complete mess. Randall Cobb went to Dallas. Clay Matthews is a uh, is a uh, Los Angeles Ram now. So their best player on defense is gone. When Aaron Rodgers' weapons is gone, they have an unproven young coach again, never coached on on any level as as a head coach, and the defense is suspect. And can Aaron Rodgers stay healthy and be the Aaron Rodgers that we've all come to? to uh love and enjoy watching. So we'll do Pat so we'll do Packers at ten and six in second place. Third place Minnesota Vikings. We'll have them at eight and eight. Their defense will keep them in games. Defense will win them some games. They have Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook, their two offensive weapons. But because of, but because Kirk Cousins is their quarterback they have a very, very, very low ceiling as far as their season goals is concerned. I do not trust Kirk Cousins in a big game under any circumstances, whether it be a primetime game or games against opponents above 500. I wouldn't trust them as far as I can throw them. So that's why I have the Vikings in third place going 8-8 eight and eight in 2019. Detroit Lions, I have in last place. The Lions... They hired the offensive coordinator that threw the ball at the one-yard line in the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know for the Detroit Lions. I got them finishing the last place. Almost done with the with the uh, with this predict with the uh, with the divisional predictions. Uh, this has been a pretty lengthy uh, segment in the show, but whatever. Uh, with the NFC South. I got the Saints winning the winning the division. They, I got the Saints winning the division. They got number one seed in the NFC, and if they didn't take their foot off the gas in the uh, off the gas in the NFC Championship game, and if they didn't get gypped by the rep by the refs, they would have been in Super Bowl Fifty Three. But because they took their foot off the gas and they got gypped by the ref and said ref ball. They ended up uh, missing. They ended up not going to the Super Bowl. But I got them winning the division. The Cameron Jordan has been an excellent player on their defense. Drew Brees, like Tom Brady, 
is and Philip Rivers proves that eight that age is 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 an is nothing but a number. They get they eight they get better, they get better as they get older. They age like fine wine. They are Jarvis is a, a phenomenal, 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 phenomenal quarterback in the NFL. He'll keep them in games. Great quarterback play always does. They still got Alvin Kamara sitting there in the backfield and Jared Cook, who wasn't a bad tight end for the Raiders, joining them as well. So I like the Saints. And they're going to be playing with a vengeance and playing with a chip on their shoulder and going guns and going guns blazing because you, cause you cannot have more two heartbreaking ways to get eliminated in the playoffs than the Saints did by the Minneapolis Miracle in 2017. And then in 2018, with the with the no pass interference call, so that team will be will will be playing pissed off in 2019. And that's why I think they're going to win the division with a record of four of uh, 14 and two. That's right, 14 and two. Best out of all this, I think the Saints have the best record in the NFL. Second place, second place team. Uh, Second place team, I'll go the uh, Carolina Panthers. They, epic, epic, for two things. One, because uh, Christian McCaffrey is an absolute is an absolute stud, and he added Chris Hogan, who was Brady's right hand man. He's not a bad receiver. Let's see if 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 uh, Hogan can play with other receivers in the National Football League. But it has to, but it ha- but it all depends on uh, on the health and strength of Cam Newton and his uh, and his throwing shoulder, and if his shoulder is rusty, you can kiss the Panthers goodbye. But if Cam and his shoulder holds up, there's no reason why they shouldn't be competitive. And it's an even and it's an odd year, and the Panthers do well in odd odd year seasons. 2017, they made the play. They made it to the division. 2017, they made it to the uh, to the playoffs as a uh, wild card team. And in 2015, the second the the second most recent uh, excuse me odd year, they and they they ended up going to the Super Bowl. So I got the Panthers in second place with a record of 10 and six. Third place, I have the Atlanta Falcons. Julio, they got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, two good wide receivers in the in the game. Matt Ryan's a competent quarterback. Nothing, nothing really great, but the Falcons they'll be all right. They were really bitten by the injury bug. A lot of those guys will be coming back healthy and hopefully better than ever. I got the Falcons going in third place with a record of eight and eight. Last place, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who finished five and eleven in last place last year? Uh, they got Mike. They got Mike Evans sitting there at receiver. They got Jameis Winston, who I still don't think is a good quarterback at the NFL level. Let's see if Bruce Arians can fix him. But honestly, if you ask me, I feel Jameis Winston is a lost cause as far as shaping him into an NFL quarterback. As far as that's concerned, last division. And that is the NFC West. The Rams they won their division last year, thirteen and thirteen and three. I don't have them winning of the winning the division in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, simply because simply because of the fact that it's hard to come off of a Super Bowl loss 
you know, look at the teams. I mean, other than the Patriots, teams that come off a Super Bowl loss, they they don't they really have a hard time coming back the next season being just as dominant, if not more dominant than they were last year. I don't see they'll be good, they'll be competitive, but I don't see the the I don't see the Rams winning the division in 2019. Well, who I do see winning the division is the Seattle Seahawks. Because every single time me or anybody else thinks the Seahawks are down for the count, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll find new ways to win and find new ways to look good. They lost Doug Baldwin due to retirement. They drafted the big, hulky, uh, muscular wide receiver out of Old Miss and DK Metcalf. Let's see, he won't be a bust. Running game should be improved. Defense should, should be right there in the middle of the pack. He just gave Bobby Wagner a huge extension, and Russell Wilson is your quarterback. I think the Seahawks win the, win, will win the NFC West. I think the Rams will finish in second place. I think the 49ers will finish third. They got to make some headway somehow, and the Cardinals are just stink, unproven head coach first year. Offensive lines non-existent, and Larry Fitzgerald, even though he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, he's getting older. He's declining. I'll get to who I think will end up in Super Bowl 54 and walk away with the MVP right after this. Welcome back to the Metallica TIS podcast. Uh, do the second half of my uh, NFL predictions, season predictions. And that is when it comes to playoffs and who I think will walk away with NFL MVP when it's all said and done. Um, I told you that the Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs, Jaguars, uh, Eagles, Bears, Saints, and Seahawks were all winning the division. Uh, the number one seeds I have are in the AFC, uh... The teams that obviously I gave best, you know, who has the highest record in the AFC will walk away with the number one seed. The Saints, I think the Saints will have number one seed in the AFC again. I think the wild card teams, as far as I'm concerned, are going to be Cleveland and Cleveland and the Chargers will be the two wild card teams. Uh, in the AFC, in the NFC, you yet the cow. You, I have the Cowboys and the Rams as the two wild card teams. I think the. Uh, I don't think. I don't think the. Uh, the Packers will make the playoffs, nor do I think the Panthers will make the playoffs. So I got Cowboys and Rams as the two wild card teams in the NFC. When it, the AFC Championship game is going to be between it's going to be Patriots and Chiefs again. Um, this time, this is going to be Patriots and Chiefs again in the NFC. Uh, do Saints at home taking on the <sighs> you could really go anywhere in the NFC because there really is no walk away 
second NFC favorite. I don't, and I'm not saying the Rams. I just, I just, I think the Rams won't be as good as a football team as everybody thinks they will be in 2019. So, trying to find the second best NFC team will be hard to do. And why not do uh, Saints and Seahawks in the NFC Championship game in New Orleans? Why not? Saints and Seahawks in the NFC Championship game in New Orleans. Super Bowl 54 will be between the New England Patriots and the Seattle, Se the Seattle Seahawks. The New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints. We'll will take will battle will battle it out for the Vince Lombardi Trophy and the 2019 NFL Championship in the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. In about uh, in about six, what I think yes, hold on, about six months from now. Make sure my math. One, two, three, four. Five, so five five months from now, uh, well actually, actually it's five months from tomorrow. As a matter of fact, February second was when Super Bowl Fifty Four will be played, and I got the Patriots and I got the uh, Saints. Patriots because Tom Brady, much to my chagrin, he ages like fine wine. Every time he you think that he's gonna fall on his face and he's gonna fall off that proverbial cliff, as Max Kellerman calls it, he he, he proves you wrong and he goes out and he busts his hind parts and he goes out there and he finds a way finds a way and finds the will to win the game. He and Belichick and that's why they're the two greatest guys to ever do it. At their respective positions, because when when you when you count them out, and when you think that they're down, and when you think that they're dead, especially in parts of early and mid October and things like that, they they come out of they come out of nowhere and like fine brimstone. They set the world on fire, and you blink and you sit and you and you're like, how in the world did the Patriots end up in another freaking Super Bowl again? And 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 the chief and I would say the Chiefs and I would love to say the Chiefs, you know, to give me a to give me a team to to root for to root against, give me a team to root for to beat the Patriots and to knock the Patriots out of it. Cause I'm sick and tired of seeing them. But I got to be honest and I got to call it like I see it. That defense has yet has yet has yet to prove me something. And when you have no Kareem Hunt. And when your defense and when your defense is lacking, and you have a coach that is joined at the hip with uh, playoff and aptitude, I I can't I can't pick you to I can't pick you or nor trust you, especially after what I saw last year, for you to beat for you to beat Brady and Belichick and Patrick Mahomes is a tremendous talent. But I gotta be honest, and I, and I gotta be fair. Uh, I just, I just, as much as I'd like to see it, and and I'm rooting for it, to, and I'm rooting for myself to be wrong. But, but I, I can't see, I can't see Andy Reid out coaching a, a AFC Championship game, out coaching Bill Belichick to get to a Super Bowl in an AFC Championship game. I, I honestly, I just can't, I can't, I can't do it, I, and I just don't see it. And on the NFC side of the draw. The Saints are clearly the best team, hands the hands down. I don't want to hear about the Rams. Jared Goff is not that great of an NFL quarterback to begin with. 
I, I just don't see it. I, I just and teams coming off of Super Bowl losses are very their, their road to get back is very 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 difficult. I just can't see it. And the Saints, like I told you earlier in the program, they will be a, they will be a team that is on a vengeance to make it back to the Super Bowl. And it's was ten years since their first championship. The game is back in Miami where they won it ten years prior. They will represent the the NFC in Super Bowl 54, and I'll pick the Saints to win, to be the Super Bowl 54 champions when it's all said and done. How's that? MVP, I'll give you Drew Brees, and let's see, Offensive Player of the Year, I'll give you Patrick Mahomes, Defensive Player of the Year. I'll give you Aaron Donald. How's that? In college football, you know, it's going you're going to be looking at Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Clemson. And I think we'll have another Clemson Alabama championship game. And depending on how the teams go, you can flip a coin whether uh, Clemson or Alabama will win. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that it's not that hard to figure out when it comes to college. You got you got two SEC teams, an ACC team, and a Big Twelve team. And there you go. Uh, Packers and Bears pick that game in Week One, the kickoff game. Packers are at home. Uh, first game for new coach Matt Lafleur. Unlike the result of week one of last year, where Aaron Rodgers basically went down, came back out of nowhere, and led the Packers to score 20 points, I don't think that'll happen this time. I think Khalil Mack and the Cubs will, or the Cubs, the, the Bears, the Bears will come right back. Will come right back and uh, and will and will set the message straight and will get and will show Matt Lafleur what coaching in the NFL is all about. And I think uh, and I think that the and I think that the Bears will win that game. Khalil Mack will ha- I think Khalil Mack will have a great game. I think the Bears will win that game by the final score of twenty of uh, twenty four fourteen. And that's basically where you stand as far as the National Football League is concerned. So I want to thank you for listening to the to this uh, to another episode of Yamatoka TIS podcast. If you're new to the podcast, you like what you heard, please subscribe down below. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give a review. Uh, if you want, if share with your friends, family, coworkers, acquaintances, whomever, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at at. Uh, get it right make sure to follow the show follow me on twitter at at the j underscore shield follow the show on twitter at i t i l i t double i s uh it's your boy jai shields enjoy week one the nfl i'll talk to you next weekend peace y'all take care